0: everybody, and welcome to episode 271 of to Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I am Joel. And I'm
1: Josh. And if the Boondock Saints teaches us anything, it's that the only thing worse than being a mobster in Boston is being an actor working for Troy Duffy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, those overalls.
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll get a little bit more into the weeds when we talk about why Boondock Saints 3 isn't happening with the primary stars. I don't want to do that too much before we get into the show proper, though.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we. Oh, what's that?
3: No, never mind. I don't yeah, want to we'll spoil get there. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I stopped.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say this is what we're doing this week Moondock Saints and Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day. And uh, we're towing the line on this one. The first one was uh, 1999, and uh, our crossover is 2000, so. Oh,
3: I mean, we've actually crossed over it before, so I mean, it's not as egregious right. as we've done.
0: I mean, come on, we've been back when we did the Santa Claus, we did the now was, what, 1996 or something like that?
1: Yes, what? that was when we established the date. We've relaxed it a little bit, especially considering that 2000 is coming up on 20 years ago. <gasps> That's almost upsetting. Ouch. Right? I
3: know. No. Right? Ouch. I'm not old. You're old.
0: All right, whatever you say, Grandpa. <laughs> You're stuck on this worders a little more.
3: I'm, I'm still hippin' with it.
0: <laughs> you used to be hip, and then what was hip isn't hip.
3: <laughs> they changed. <laughs> they changed what it was. It'll
0: happen to, It'll happen to you. you.
2: <laughs> yeah, Pat still has an onion on his belt.
0: Well, I mean, it's the way you do things. You can get a good onion for two bees. Hey, if you like onions, and who doesn't?
1: You'll probably also like the shows on the Podcast Collective. Such as? as the style at the time. Such as the Bad Parenting Podcast, I Am Salt Lake, The Dog Induced Show, The Empty Rant Podcast, and of course, the Red Dad Radio Hour.
2: <laughs>
3: Five bees for a quarter!
2: a lot of bees (laughs) seriously dude i make like two bees like every three hours
3: i I think i broke mike
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're so fucking stupid (laughs) i I don't know i don't know who i'm more mad at myself for laughing at or you for saying it
3: (laughs) why not both
0: yeah you know what (laughs) the hell with us both (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you'd like some more of this, uh try us out on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talkshoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM dot com, iHeartRadio, and go over to uh Podchaser and leave us a review. If you want to give us some voicemail or feedback, uh you can get us at seven o eight now rap seven oh eight six six nine nine seven two seven or on Facebook, Twitter, email us forty go fourteen at gmail dot com and you know, go out your front door and yell. Maybe you'll yeah. we'll hear
1: Yeah, if you do leave us some
0: feedback, we haven't had a
1: voicemail in a while. Uh, Don't think we are not hearing you if uh, you don't hear us on the next show, because we're working a few weeks ahead now.
3: Yes. That's a good point. Yeah, we should explain that.
0: We're organized. No, I wouldn't go that far.
3: No. We're We're pretending to be organized.
0: A month behind.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're just really slow.
1: Yeah, so how about how super cold it is in Chicago?
0: Yeah, as of it's,
1: right it'll, it'll now. it'll be 70
3: by the time people are hearing this. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: just it, it, it <laughs> isn't so funny for us today, but in three weeks it's going to be a riot.
0: <laughs> I mean, shit, where it's negative future? seven right now, where I am, and it's supposed to be 50 on Monday. What the hell? What's the deal with the weather? Well, anyway.
3: we got down to like like 35 the other day. It was unreal. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And yes, this is an example of the not-topical references I was talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for the example, Patrick. Now, it's about I'm that. helping. You, yeah, you keep telling yourself that, Ralphie. <laughs> now it's about that time. It's about that time.
1: Three weeks this in the week past. In
0: Music Movies And TV and put delicate parts
3: in the pan. <laughs> All
0: right. So, <laughs> an onion. <laughs> that, that is not on the tweet. <laughs> All right. So this weekend, January twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, the release date of the first Boondock Saints.
3: <coughs>
0: True. True. That is a thing. It is. It's about as interesting as that so, date gets. All right. <laughs> Music. Britney Spears released her
2: debut album, "Baby One More Time," this week. It peaked at number one on Billboard Top. I'm sorry, the Billboard 200, and sold 121,000 copies in its first week. Over 10 million copies of "Baby One More Time" were sold in the United States during 1999 alone. That's a lot of CDs.
0: That's crazy. Britney Spears
3: was was the shit back in the day.
1: And I find that that stuff from 99, like, I I have a more favorable opinion of it now than I did 20 years ago. Like, by
2: quite a bit.
3: Yeah. Like, I wouldn't listen to Britney Spears back then, but I actually will now. Right?
2: Well, and I mean, she crossed over. I mean, she was, you know, popular with the kids. She was popular with the Catch Predator crowd. I mean, she kind of crossed over and sold a lot of records because of it.
0: And our Don't Give a Shit meter kind of kicked on, too. I'll listen to whatever the hell I want, type of thing. So, yeah, well,
1: but yeah. I think in general, with whatever kids are listening to, that the, the uh, knee-jerk reaction for us who are a little older is to say, "Ah, that's kind of shit." Like I, I just find my own attitude softening towards that kind of stuff five, ten, fifteen years down
3: the road. Yeah. And plus, pop pop music is just made to be enjoyable. That's that's kind of its you know purpose. I agree. So good pop music is you know should should stand the test of time.
0: Well they almost think have think about
3: like, it. Think about I, it. Even pop music from like the nineteen, you know, sixties and the fifties and stuff is still good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you remember going down by in your first forty five, Grandpa Pat? I will
3: <laughs> punch you in the face.
0: It was a half a B.
3: Wake, wake up, we're fighting. <laughs> so music keep being
2: Yeah, this back movie. to music so on january 22nd the german industrial band kmfdm announced that it had disbanded
3: that's how lean oh. right that's how lean music was or all the tweet was this week you're gonna
1: i just wanted to thank joel for not mistaking that for the acronym of the week <laughs>
3: oh that! <man. laughs> i thought you were thanking kmfdm for breaking up oh that's too
0: <laughs> didn't they like like regroup almost immediately after as Calling themselves uh, MDMFK MDMFK. Like they just reversed the name.
3: Oh, did they? I that I really I don't know.
0: Joel, you're the music guy.
2: They they did actually reform under a different anagram, but yeah, I don't know exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah they did were.
0: MDFMK Origin Germany nineteen ninety nine. Active <laughs> until two thousand and two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Huh. I just can't quit you. But, you know, in German, of course. And now they're back.
1: They reversed it again.
2: <laughs> All right. Strange. So moving on. <laughs> Tony Russell Charles Brown died on January 21st and he was absorbed. He was an American blues singer and pianist whose soft toned, slow paced blues club style influenced blues performances in the 1940s and 1950s. He had several hit recordings, including Drift and Blues and Merry Christmas Baby. Hmm. One more time.
3: The drifting blues. That does sound like a like, like a very s- slow-paced jam.
1: It's weird. There's no comma in Merry Christmas, Baby, which makes me think it's an infant who just really loves Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Merry Christmas, Baby!
1: <laughs> oh, gee.
3: No. No, no.
1: Alright, moving on to movies. So, someone needs to change my mistletoe. Tell a Merry Christmas, baby, said you. <laughs> Once again, moving on
2: to movies.
3: This is our new character, the Merry Christmas baby.
2: <laughs> but it's not done by one of us. It's done by all of us.
0: No, I want nothing to do with this. I just want to move on to movies.
3: Why don't you love me? I'm a Merry Christmas baby. <laughs>
0: ho, ho, ho.
2: Goo, goo, gah.
1: The number one movie in the land
3: <laughs>
0: I think he left
3: I'm, so, I'm sorry Baby wants <laughs> i I can't even be
1: mad. I'm the one who started it.
0: I've never heard Pat laugh this much at Joel in my uh, life.
3: Oh my God,
0: all right movie about himself is it. <laughs>
3: Uh-huh. Movies uh-huh. released
0: <laughs> this week
1: included Gloria, Still Crazy, and She's All That, which became the new number one movie knocking out Varsity Blues.
0: True oh, story. nice catch. Didn't Varsity Blues become a, uh, a TV show?
3: Yeah. yeah
0: 1999, uh, yeah. write that down. We could do that for a show.
3: I think we already right. have it uh, in the ideas.
0: Did we? Huh?
3: I think. Uh, I was going to say, I think we already have done that show. No, we haven't done the show. I just think it's any ideas. Already. 131 episodes. That shit happens. <laughs> right?
1: We did duplicate a show once. We did? Yeah. It was like a year one show, and then year three we did it again, and I caught it like three months later. Uh, I can't even remember what it was. Anyway, should it was write a
3: Peter that, Pan show.
0: should write this shit down.
1: On um, January 24th at the <clears throat> Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills, the 56th Golden Globe Awards were held. Saving Private Ryan won for Best Film, while Jim Carrey and Kate Blanchett won the highest acting awards.
0: What is. Wait, what does that mean? I would guess Best Actor and Best Actress. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I was just wondering, like, these two are baked out of their brains.
1: (laughs) Golden Globe Award for Highest Actor.
0: (laughs) Patrick Whaley! Jim Carrey wins the Christmas Baby Award. (laughs) (laughs) It comes out, leave
3: me alone! (laughs) I'm a Merry Christmas baby!
1: (laughs) Not affiliated with the New Year's (laughs) baby! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> been a long week has it pat oh
3: no. god damn that's just uh, like i'm going i'm imagining like bobcat goldthwaite voicing it or
0: something <laughs> 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 all right oh. so tv the top shows in the land we're a very 1999 er friends and Fraser. so there's very that good. uh January twenty second, John Stewart debuted as the host of The Daily Show, replacing Craig Kilborn.
3: Good decision, Craig. Twenty
1: second. Yeah, a lot of people forget that that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Like the pre-John Stewart. What are you whispering
3: about, Joel?
2: That's your twenty first. I'm yeah. calling out his error because you call out my number of errors. He said the twenty first. I said, 21st. No, he said twenty first. He said twenty second. Check the playback.
0: <laughs> check I, the tape. Yeah. I'll, you gonna, know what? I'm gonna check the tape, and if I said twenty second, <clears> I'm gonna make myself say twenty-first just to make you sound like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Aw. I'm Christmas not really sure sad. now. I'm, I'm, I'll edit your ass right out of this show, man. Come on. <laughs> what what happened? It's just like
1: an hour and a half of Mike and the Merry Christmas baby. <laughs> it's like the fourth all over again the top
0: show we've ever had (laughs) on some sad news fantasy island airs its last show on january 24th which i had no idea that fantasy island lasted all the way until
3: 1999 wow i didn't either jesus
1: it's crazy when you realize certain shows went on way longer than you thought and other shows only got like 10 episodes
3: yeah, like Starsky and Hutch was really only like what eighteen episodes or something like that. I want to
1: say Young Ones was fourteen episodes,
2: or Star Trek that people look back on as being like this this thing that went on forever and it was three seasons.
1: Yeah, Faulty I Towers. Mean, crazy. Faulty Towers was twelve episodes.
0: Wait a second! Wait a second! Jump back here. I'm looking it up right now. Where'd you get that information, Pat? What? What about Fantasy Island? It says here, know. original release, January 14th, 1977, to May 19th,
3: 1984. Oh, so maybe I it was a that? reboot. Oh, that was <laughs> off of uh, Wikipedia. It was just their listing of events happening in 99. I wonder if there was like a reboot. There must have been.
2: There was a reboot. Yeah, there was a reboot at one point.
3: So that might be the reboot. Okay, so it wasn't like a contiguous. Okay, yeah. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Fantasy That's Island, little- 1998. To nineteen ninety nine, starring Malcolm McDowell. What the hell? What? Malcolm McDowell. Remember that? Now that we're talking oh my about. My God! It. What the hell? Ma- we man. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell, Madge Amick, Louis <laughs> Lombardi, Edward Hibbert, Fuya Schwinkel, Silva Sidney. Who? What?
3: <laughs> Those are made up names.
0: No, Malcolm McDowell <laughs> is a person. Of Madge Ma- Amick. That's definitely a
3: person. Okay. Yeah, I know her. Yeah,
0: yeah she was in. Uh, she was Twin Peaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mr. And Rourke was Malcolm wrinkles. McDowell, and but there was no. Who was tattoo? Hey man. Shut oh. up. Good God! All right,
1: I'm done with that. You guys remember, you guys remember I had a machinomic poster in college? Yep, that's
3: the main reason I yep. know her.
0: <laughs> and now you know where that poster went. <laughs> Uh, Susan Elizabeth Strasberg was an American stage, film, and television actress, the daughter of the famous drama coach Lee Strasberg. At 17 years old, she originated the title role in the Broadway production The Diary of Anne Frank, which ran for 717 performances. Damn. Strasberg was nominated for a Tony Award at the age of 18 and became the youngest actress to star on Broadway with her name above the marquee title. In 1955, she appeared on the covers of both Life and Newsweek. In the 70s, Strasburg did mostly TV shows such as The Virginian, Bonanza, Marcus Welby, M.D., alias Smith & Jones, The Rockford Files, and Mannix, among others. Maddox. In her words, I did mediocre things because that way I didn't have to test myself. I had a tremendous need not to shame my father. Oh. That's <laughs> worth. I'm just going to leave that right there. In the 1980s... Can you imagine
3: how horrible that would be if Lee Strasberg's daughter was a horrible actress?
0: (laughs) Oh, know. In the 1980s, Strasberg's rise to mediocrity marched on, as her credits included The Love Boat, Mazes and Monsters. Oh, yeah, that's mediocre. The New Mike Hammer, Tales from the Dark Side, The Delta Force, Remington Steel, Murder, she wrote. And the acronym of the week, which is C&L. I'm pretty sure that's Cox
1: and Lohan. (laughs) Even in 1999,
3: they knew. It's about her mother, Dina. (laughs) Oh. That that was uh, Cagney and Lacey.
0: Oh. Cagney and Lacey wasn't mediocre. It was was pretty good. It was good. Mm -hmm. Remington Mm -hmm. Steel was all right.
3: Meh. I like
2: Remington Steel. Meh. Well, not everything
0: can achieve the heights of Santa Baby. (laughs) But, <laughs>
3: no, Merry Christmas, baby.
0: Merry Christmas, baby.
3: Christmas, baby. Anyway. <laughs> baby. Yeah, what am yeah. I thinking of? That's Why don't you ask stupid. Background Phil what he thinks of Merry Christmas, baby?
2: He said 21.
3: That was odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Background Phil must be on ether.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she had her final curtain call on January 21st, not 2nd, when breast cancer cut her from her life.
1: Oh, Background oh, Phil is responding to a reference from three
0: weeks in the future instead of three weeks in <laughs>
3: <after. laughs>
0: the that's, that's why background Phil sounds that way. He's a time traveler.
3: <laughs> background Phil also got a lot closer to the mic than he usually is. <laughs> Stay in the background, background Phil. Chocolate rain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there the a punk. <laughs> there you
3: go. That's where you're supposed to be. Whew. <laughs> Oh, uh, but moving on to sports, <laughs> before this falls apart. <laughs> Why? You don't oh, want wait. Uncle Peace Jones to show up, Patrick? <laughs> Come on, man. It's an all-star show. Let's go, princess. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, people up, haven't man. been listening from the... <laughs> People that haven't been listening from the beginning are going to have no idea what's going on.
2: And then then I did another (laughs) person.
0: I've been here since it started and I have no idea what's going on. I I I, need skeletons. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what's going on over here.
3: Oh my god.
0: Let's see if we can get Patrick to have a heart attack before he
3: finishes sports. Oh. So
2: gross <laughs> from the choir.
0: So <laughs> gross.
3: We we definitely have to make a compendium.
0: <laughs> Got to make a wiki at this point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a lot of inside joke
1: characters. I think we had them all except for Stone Snagglepuss because I shot him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think. He, I think. Yet. I don't think he's dead yet. I'm
2: not even a ghost, even.
3: Oh, that is a lot of inside characters, Jesus! There's got to be more, but I mean,
0: yeah, <clears throat> listeners, if I you just joined out. us and you only have a uh, two hundred and sixty nine other shows to listen up on before you get all
1: those jokes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> slow girly. <laughs> <about> <laughs> we even got Beast Man in the mix there earlier. <laughs> We didn't even hear from Skeletor. <laughs>
1: I think that's all of them. I think we can go on to sports.
3: <laughs> Slow Curly. Yes, exactly. I forgot all about Slow Curly. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, oh, move on. Jesus. Sports. <laughs> on January 24th, <20, laughs> at the 49th NHL All-Star Game held at the Ice Palace in Tampa, Florida, <laughs> North America beat World 8-6. The MVP was, of course, Wayne Gretzky of the New York Rangers. Uh, oh, God damn. <laughs> and also on January 24th, David Duval eagled the 18th hole for a final round of 59 to win the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic at PGA West. He became only the third player to fire a sub 60 round on the PGA Tour.
2: <laughs> oh, slow, curly.
1: I will be impressed if we have like a super fan, maybe Nikki or uh, David from the UK uh, calling in to let us know of the character that we missed.
3: Oh my God. There's gotta be some.
1: I heard Dr. No, in there and that's, that's he's the oldest one. That's Mr. No, Yeah. He's not a doctor. He got his, <laughs> to go.
3: the one that kept trying to make him a doctor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I figure by now he finished med school. You know, it's been six <laughs> years in no med school to be called Mr. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah that's true he was a, he was an episode one creation so he may have graduated by now
2: what's his degree in <laughs> <Otolaryngology>? um,
3: <laughs> he's an ent strangely yeah. enough yeah. yeah yep
2: <laughs> Wants to be
3: a gynecologist
2: <laughs> we were talking about him like he's real <laughs>
3: what what's your specialty oh oncology what <laughs> <laughs> it's an
2: odd specialty for a
3: <laughs> doctor. Notice. We think it's going to be something funny and instead it's just something very morose. We're like, oh. <laughs> uh, pediatric he, he oncology. Was gonna, he was oh. going to be an
0: ear, nose, and throat doctor, oh. but you know, he got kind of cancelled
3: out on him. Yeah, instead, a, instead he's in pediatric oncology. Oh.
2: oh. Forensic pathology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna solve the murder of Soul Ghost.
3: Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> soul Ghost—that's another one.
2: Well, he, we, he got in there.
3: Oh, uh, my God. He, Well, I, I, that's got to be the end of the tweet. We gotta—we gotta end it right there. Play us off keyboard, Joel. Net,
0: net, 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 net. So, in 1999, somebody made a movie called "Boondock Saints." They did. They did. If you don't know, it's a story of two, according to IMDb, two Irish Catholic brothers become vigilantes and wipe out Boston's criminal underworld in the name of God. Once again, a mediocre description of a movie from IMDb. For sure. But, uh, yeah, this is directed by Troy Duffy.
1: Yep. We'll have more to say about him later.
0: Yes. Known for Boondock Saints. Boondock I'm Being Saints a raging two. cunt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to hear this.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, there's some stories there. So, uh, yeah, Troy Duffy, written by him, starring Willem Dafoe as Paul Smecker, Sean Patrick Flannery as Connor McManus, Norman Reedus. Now, is this, this is way pre. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead, Norman Reedus as Murphy McManus, David De La Rocco as Rocco, Billy Connolly as Ilduce, David Ferry as Detective Dolly, Brian Mahoney as Detective Duffy, and Bob Marley as Detective Greenley. So yeah. <clears throat> um, trivia. Billy Connolly was so stoked to be playing against type in the role of Ville Deuce and having so much pl- fun playing a psycho with guns strapped all over him that they had to add the cigar prop to him because he was c- to make him consistently smoke because unless they stuck something in his mouth, he could not stop smiling.
2: <laughs>
1: There's a joke there, but I'm not going to tell it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Penis. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the joke. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping there was more. I was wrong. That's what she said. Wait. <laughs> ah. ah, nice. All right. So the church where Start Connor, yeah, Connor and Murphy attend Mass, the Church of the Covenant, is not a Catholic church but a Lutheran one. No Catholic churches in the area would allow filming in their sanctuaries due to the objection to the plot of the film. Whereas the Lutherans were like, "Sure, whatever." Oh, Catholics.
3: Well, we Lutherans are like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, alright. Wait, will you bring beer? Well, then we're good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much all you gotta do. Will it piss off the Catholics? Oh, We're
3: We're definitely good, then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then it's a twofer. (laughs) Uh, The word fuck and its derivatives are used a total of 246 times.
2: In the first half an hour. (laughs)
0: No How long, hey, Joel, look it up. How long was the movie?
2: Um, hold on. I was just there a second ago. It's like an hour and 50-something minutes. Wait, here we go. Sorry, I was on Uh, Troy Duffy's page.
0: Hour and 48. Yeah, 148, that's 60, 70, 90, 98 minutes. Uh... Oh, fuck math. That's,
3: a, that's 108 mm-hmm. minutes, sir.
0: 108 minutes? Okay. Yeah. 240.
3: Trying to get fucks per minute? Yeah. Story Part of my fail. life. 108.
0: <laughs> that is 2.27, repeating, of course, fucks per minute. So good.
3: Those are like, those are like my college
0: numbers. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. <laughs> Uh, It was given a very limited release in the United States due to coming out at the same time as the Columbine Massacre. Uh, It was only shown in five theaters for only one week. However, it would later develop a large cult sequel success uh, from word of mouth following the success of DVD sales and then would follow up with the sequel, Boondot Saints 2, All Saints Day in 2009. Yeah, big cult film. Yes, Mark Wahlberg turned down one of the lead roles to star in Boogie Nights in 1997. Good decision. Yeah, definitely a
2: good decision. Mm -hmm. Definitely a good decision.
0: So I put this in for Pat. Troy Duffy dismissed several casting choices for the film. He refused to meet with Brad Pitt because he'd already played an Irishman in The Devil's Own. So apparently you can only play an Irishman once in your career. And rejected Keanu Reeves and Ethan Hawke, calling the former a fucking punk and the latter a talentless fool. Says not Trey Duffy. Troy. Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy. I'm, not, I'm not saying that you know Sean Plack, Patrick Flannery, and Norman Reedus were pretty good, but call Ethan Hawke a talentless fool. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Troy was no. big on making friends in Hollywood. <laughs> Once again, we'll get to that later. All right. So for any of us, was this a first viewing?
2: No, i no, I own it and seen it several times.
0: Yeah, I had,
1: this this was a mainstay. I, I didn't see it until it came out in DVD, but for sure, I've watched it a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah.
3: This, this is my second viewing.
0: Oh, yeah, so well, you're a
3: fan. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, first time I saw this was uh when I was leaving uh Las Vegas after my father got <laughs> sick. <laughs> after my father got sick, um, I was uh staying at a friend's house the night before I flew out, and I just put everything of mine in storage. You know, and I was flying out the next day, and. And he wanted to watch a movie, and he's like, "Let's watch this movie." You know, I got the DVD or whatever, and he put it in. And I don't know, maybe I wasn't in a very good frame of mind or whatever, but you know, I did not enjoy it at all. So that was the first time I saw it. So not, it was not at all thrilled when I when I was told we were going to watch this again.
0: Huh. Well, you've also made the comment often that you don't like movies that are cool.
3: No. That's not what I say. I like cool movies. I like movies that are cool. I don't like movies that try too hard to be cool. And that's all they do is be cool. You know, it's like when all you're doing is trying is is setting up stuff and setting up this and setting up that just to get the cool shot, the cool this, the cool line, the cool that, whatever. No, I'm not like that's what Blade was all about. You know, I don't like that, you know, and. I mean, a cool movie is cool because it's cool. It's not because it has to try. It. Like Pulp Fiction, you know, it just was cool because it was cool. Not because it was, you know, I mean, Quentin tries so hard now, we understand, but back then we didn't know. <laughs>
2: how, how many CPMs is that, Mike? Cools per minute. Two. <laughs> cool, 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 well, cool, cool,
3: cool, 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 cool,
2: That's a lot of cools. <laughs> Especially a packet of the cigarettes. Cool.
0: So you just don't, I mean, you don't like, <clears throat> I I mean, here's the thing. It's like, this is not a good movie to me, but it's a fun movie.
3: Uh, okay. Well, uh, if we, are we going to just go into the discussion of it? You want to just start that?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. through trivia. This is yeah. about the time. All right, to do so
3: that. Um, surprisingly, I didn't hate it as much this time watching it as I did the first time. I still didn't enjoy it. I still thought it was like a lot of crap. But like the scenes when they weren't just trying to do all the whatever the cool stuff, when, when they were like just brothers together joking around, or when they were just talking with their friend, that, those kinds of scenes, those were all fun, you know. And there were a couple of times when they even like kind of called attention to their own, you know, the own absurd, their own absurdity of what they were doing and stuff. Like when they fell through the ductwork and everything and spun around after that was done, and they're like, "That really worked," you know. <laughs> so those were kind of enjoyable, but for the most part, you know. The rest of it, like... hate, I hate, hated and hated then and hate now William Dafoe's character. Hate really? that character. <laughs> oh my god. It's just so dumb and stupid and obnoxious and just fucking dumb.
0: Really? I was thinking that you would be... I mean, I thought you'd hate Rocco a lot more than him.
3: No, actually I enjoyed Rocco. He was kind of, you know... He, he was uh, endearingly stupid.
0: So. I like the- I th-
1: I think one of the things that hits me on this is it doesn't take itself seriously enough for me to fail the smell test of just being cool for cool sake.
3: Yeah, and that's what I said. The moments when they don't take themselves seriously is when it's m- the most fun. That's when I like it. You know, That was the only the only time I was like, I don't hate this movie right now.
1: And I mean, they do go over the top, but that's kind of the point. And one of the things I like about it is they kind of justify it. If you're thinking like uh, a character point by, these guys have put all their points into killing people, and they're not good at anything else. They can't interact with others. They can't interact with each other appropriately. They certainly can't put a plan together. Oh, no. But they've uh, they, rope. Yeah, these are guys that built Shadowrun characters with all of their points in pistols. <laughs>
3: <laughs> these guys are a bunch of jargons running around. What was it? a character and, that Mike made up for a solo campaign.
1: And I think that's the reason I enjoy this so much, is because he, instead of trying to be mini Tarantino, he starts in the same direction as Tarantino, and then subverts himself to try and push the film in a slightly different direction. Which is why it works for me so well.
0: I well, like... I, I'll say the thing that I liked about it on the cool side, and Pat, you're completely right. These are 2 Shadowrun characters that have all their cla everything's in pistols, they have no oh, plant gosh. kills. Yeah, oh yeah, they definitely yeah, pistols and dodge, definitely. Um but and honestly, Willem Dafoe, with all the gunplay and everything else, he was almost like a palate cleanser for me. Whenever Willem Defoe was on, I was ready for the weirdness. You know, granted, the first time I saw it when he showed up in drag, I was like, what the hell? But Willem Dafoe's known for crazy shit. And it's kind of yeah. like they just let him loose and be like, "This is what you're doing," you know. With the whole scene when he's talking about the uh, gunfight at the house, when El Deuce shows up, where he's like going, he's in the middle of it with him, pretending that he's firing and all that. I mean, it it was over the top, it was goofy, but it was it was Willem Dafoe. You know, I mean, that's that's what you expect from that guy.
3: But it's not what you expect from an FBI agent.
0: No, but it's not exactly a realistic portrayal
2: of anything.
1: Yeah, and it's very well established that that character is atypical in every single way. He's atypical as an agent. He's atypical as a homosexual guy. Like, everything about him is just a little off. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and any guy that would believe that Willem Dafoe and drag is a woman deserves to get shot.
0: Maybe that's a while. Maybe just got out of prison. He said it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean,
3: it's been years for me, and I would not fall for that. Would you though? Uh, I think there's you a might. at the door, Pat. No, I, I did not say I wouldn't let him in. I just said I wouldn't believe that that was a woman.
1: <laughs> I didn't say I have not fallen for that. I just said <laughs> I wouldn't
3: again.
2: <laughs> Dated a T-Rex
1: once. Tra-
3: tranny me once. Shame on you.
2: <laughs> training me twice call me interested um <laughs> I, I think willem defoe uh, yeah i think he'd love that character and if i remember correctly there's a documentary that um called overnight that was all about troy duffy and his you know this movie um that willem defoe was kind of the linchpin of the whole movie getting made to begin with if i remember correctly
3: well that, and, that explains a little bit because it feels like Honestly, there was too much Willem Dafoe controlling that character and not enough of the director controlling that character. And if Willem Dafoe was the, the driving force, that makes sense that Trey, Troy would be like, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You do what you want to do.
2: I, I mean, I think it was kind of like, um, oh,
3: crap. Uh, to think. Ben yeah, I, I agree it was like crap, too.
2: No, there was another movie. Um, oh, Harvey Cattell and, and Reservoir Dogs. You know, once they had somebody that was interested that really liked the role and was attached to it, it gave it momentum to go ahead and get made. And I think Willem Dafoe was his, you know, his Harvey Keitel in Reservoir Dog. But, you know, the the big thing that I took away from this... because I had
3: Tom Hanks in The Terminal. That was such a great movie, by the way. Um, it really was, but that's... A-
2: <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen this in probably... I don't know, eight years. It's been a while, and um, the big one of the big, first things I caught that that I hadn't caught before is how terrible their Irish accents are.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and how they it, come and go occasionally. Yeah, it's distracting, how bad it is.
2: But I remember really falling in love with Norman Reedus the first time I saw this, and then you know when he ended up being on The Walking Dead, I was excited. I'm like, oh, it's a guy from The Boondock Saints. Um, there is a lot of issues with sound. The music sounds like Troy Duffy made it himself, which I think he did. He did. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah. And there's a lot of just weird silences that almost are like molasses to the storyline. Like if they would have put the music together differently or got some licensed music and edited, done some different editing with the sound, it would have I feel like along. it was almost
3: like stylistic choice by him, though.
2: It just, but it 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 kind of fell apart. Like when I was, yeah. Well, I'm not
3: saying it was successful. I'm just saying I feel like that was like intentional.
2: Because I like the movie. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of of both the films. I like the characters. I like kind of the the silliness uh, of the storyline. You know, that the the churches. Well, that gets more pronounced further you go into this the the second film. But uh, there was just a lot of things that I caught this time around that kind of were really problematic that I. I was like, wow, I, that's crazy. Like what? Like what I was just talking about. Just that? Like like the accents, the music, the pacing, the... Mm. Um, I mean, the script itself is kind of patchy in parts. Um,
3: the clunky foreshadowing. Like, when they're making the big deal out of the rope, you know it's going to end up being something huge. You
2: know? Well, but that was kind of the fun of it. You, you knew that it was going to kind of fall back into something. But yeah, I mean, it's his first time out as a filmmaker, and he's kind of trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. And um,
3: there was, there's plenty of plenty of evidence in this movie that for a first time filmmaker, there was several times he was just being far too ambitious.
1: Well, he was super convinced of his own genius. And right.
3: That, and was, that that definitely comes through. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: No, that's fine. And he does. I mean, I'd recommend watching the overnight documentary at some point, if you want to see what Troy Duffy was like in 2003 long after this film had been out, but before the second one was even made yet.
3: No, I think I've had my fill of Troy Duffy.
2: (laughs) Well, the only time you saw him in this film was he was the guy in the overalls in the bar fight scene.
3: I just meant in general. Oh, the whole genre of Troy Duffy.
2: (laughs) The genre that is Troy Duffy.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that's a thing anymore.
2: Yeah. There's only two. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, he was attached to a TV series that never happened. And yeah, I did these two movies, so he's he's pretty much shot himself in the foot.
3: I found it very funny that Il Duce looked uh, like George R R Martin. <laughs> Killing everybody. I couldn't, yeah, find him for, I couldn't find him very intimidating when he comes walking in, you know, looking like that, but
2: Well, the first time I saw it, I'm like, "Oh, it's uh, what's his name from Head of the Class?" and I was like, "Holy crap, this dude's a badass." Cuz he was
3: and he's also very, very funny. If you've ever seen some of his stand-up.
2: And unfortunately, he's very sick right now.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the one of the things that I also noticed when Billy Connolly started talking. The girls <laughs> noticed, like, is that the guy from from uh, Brave? And he plays <laughs> the dad from Brave, McManus in Brave. So, like, yeah, it is. Do you want to watch this? So they came down to watch it, and they were kind of digging it until. Uh, Willem Dafoe came out in dragged, and they're like what the hell happened to this movie but you know it's I you know what I liked about it what I thought was kind of cool is the uh, prediction of what happened in each of the shootups, and then what actually did happen
1: yes that, that, those are obviously super stylized scenes but they're so much fun mm-hmm.
3: and I will be honest with you I enjoyed a little bit of a spoiler for the second half, but I enjoyed the way they did that in the first movie much more than I did in the second movie. I liked watching the (laughs) aftermath and then the prediction of what happened versus the watching them, you know, talk about their plan and how perfect it was going to go. And then you see how it all falls apart. I liked, I liked the first movie's version better.
0: I think I did too. Hmm.
3: We'll get there.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I I think part of the reason I enjoyed the here's here's what happened, you know, the the clue scene, because that's basically what it was. You know, this is what you think happened, but here's what really happened. Uh, was, again, Willem Dafoe putting in the headphones, the classical music starting, and then him getting into it. And I, Willem Dafoe is one of those, for me, is one of those actors that the wackier he can be, the more I enjoy him because I know he's really getting into the crazy in that I mean he can he can really play some screwball characters as we have yeah. seen but I, you know like when he I was all excited for him to play the Green Goblin when he was in Spider-Man and then he did and it was like I wasn't as enraptured with it as I thought it was going to be
3: well they had to tone him down
0: that's the thing it's like if you're going to put him in the movie just be like hey go for it do your thing yeah, dude basically is the Green Goblin. Just let him go out there. Exactly. <laughs> right. He let him be the Green Goblin. Or or like um
2: But then he shows up looking like the girl Gremlin in Gremlins too. <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> yes, oh my god, that is it. Did. <laughs> That is exactly I was like, What what is this reminding me of? And that is the Hunter Oh my god. god. Dun, 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 dun. Or oh. Or E T when they put a wig on on E. T. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: I've got the weirdest boner right now. But yeah,
3: definitely the Gremlins one. Oh my God, that's perfect.
0: Even Merry Christmas, baby. Won't (laughs) touch that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you want to see him in a great where he's reining it in type of character, Pat, I mean, Uh really, uh, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe 100%, but he's playing the character 100% Willem Dafoe, just crazy enough, you got to see John Wick.
3: So, here we go again.
0: You gotta this is see it. It's gonna be a
3: weekly occurrence, isn't it?
0: It is. Until you see it, then we'll
3: stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he'll hate it because of all the stuff we've done.
3: No, yeah. he won't.
0: He won't hate it.
3: I probably won't.
1: Yeah, just, unless he just hates it on principle, he won't hate it.
2: See, that's what I'm afraid of. Is we're gonna talk it up so much, he's just gonna hate it out of general.
3: No, I'm, I'm not like spite. that. I don't do that.
2: It so, was Dumpa.
0: Do you have any favorite parts, Pat? I mean, even though you're not a fan of this, was there any part in this movie where you were like, all right, that was all right.
3: Um, give me a second because I just watched both of them today and I got to remember what scenes, uh, I don't want to mix it up. So, uh, right. I, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> I keep thinking of ones from the second one. Um,
0: all right, let's go to Joel then. What well, do you, you think?
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, well, I, I definitely like the, the scene where they fall through the the ceiling. Um, just in general, that's that's kind of a cool scene that uh, the Punisher Warzone redid. Um, but I love when El Duce shows up on the scene just because that's a badass. He's a badass. But how can he not love the serial crusher theory?
0: Oh, the whole conversation about the really big guy? Yeah, the, the, towards the <laughs> beginning. I,
3: have to I, I, I was going to say real quick, I, th- I think probably the, when they when they decide they're going to the fuck with Rocky and they they pull him through the door and put him down, put the guns to his head, and they keep fucking with him. That would, <laughs> yeah, lucky
0: I, he didn't poop himself. I I like Rocky.
3: Yeah, me too.
0: Rock up. Rocco. Rocco, definitely. The, well, they, no,
3: they, yeah, they, they, they called him Rocky as well. Rocco was his name. Yeah. When they first introduced him, they called him Rocky. Yeah.
1: Definitely my favorite scene is and always has been when Rocco accidentally shoots the cat.
3: <laughs> it took it, me a while to realize what the hell happened. <laughs> oh, it's
1: it, And I am not a fan of even in cinema violence against animals in any way, but it is so sudden and... Oh. just the reaction is played so well that even my natural inclination to not like the violence against animals thing dude no, it has I, me I, rolling
3: i think my favorite scene was when he was confronting his the girl and he's all like i will shoot myself in the head if you can name that cat you know, if you can give me that cat's name right now <laughs> that was pretty funny
0: yeah rocco i think was a great a great character because you can identify better with him because than you could with the brothers because the brothers just have this luck and you know everyone's thinking stuff man it'd be awesome to be the brothers man but if I did that I would you know I'd wind up screwing things up you know he's he's more of the if I tried this I'd wind up like Rocco than I would the brothers you're, you're saying we're more
2: of the Rocco character
0: yes
3: yeah it's he's the every way. man yeah
0: yeah, he's the everyman character that brings you into this magic that is the the uh, McManus brothers. Yeah, yeah, he I'd wants say that's to. true.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: So. so we want to talk a little bit about the plot for people who haven't seen it, instead of just talking about our reactions to it. Oh yeah, go ahead. I mean, what you've basically got is two Irish brothers in Boston who are. are Vaguely violent. (laughs) A bit. Um, They
3: like to slap each other in the face with sides of beef.
1: Right. Uh, But, I mean, their main thing is when people treat members of their community who are respected poorly, do violence... uh, They get more into the, like, violence against the clergy later.
0: Uh, Yeah. Their first real violent act was when the Russians come in and try and close down the bar... From from Doc, who also happens to be the guy who played Doc in Fraggle Rock, so
3: that also th- known as Fuckass. Fuck, ass.
0: fuck <laughs> ass. Yeah. I
1: I've been saying that for years and forgot where I got it from. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> but yeah, so they get they get mad when they come in and they try to uh, they try to shut down the bar. The Russians come in and try and shut down the bar because they've bought the block, and it just like pinwheels out from there they get into a bar fight the next morning the russians show up at their place and try to kill them and one of the mcmanus brothers does a six seven story jump sounds right yeah off fifth a balcony floor.
3: fifth floor remember fifth floor. The, the leak was on the fourth floor that's so. right
0: fifth floor f- fifth floor jump off a balcony onto the back of a russian dude who is about to execute his brother
3: well, he did jump off the roof, so it probably was actually six, seven floors. So sure. Mind.
2: Fine. It doesn't even land really on the guy's back. It's more on the side. So
3: yeah, it doesn't really break his far. It's more fall. of a WWE landing.
0: All right. Either way, he fell from very high.
3: <laughs> My God. <laughs> that man had a family. <laughs> he broke him I... in half.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah. So <laughs> falls off they wind up killing these two Russian dudes by one crushing one. I can't. First off, I can't imagine how much it would hurt to get hit by a toilet dropped from a fifth-story window. Yeah. Well, the
3: good news is it wouldn't hurt for long. Yeah. Right.
0: The brief moment that you would recognize you got hit with something and then you'd be unconscious and dead. Um, and then he jumps off and the, lands on the other guy who then gets his skull crushed by the other brother using the lid of the toilet which is another awful way to go out. But they they kill these two, go into hiding for a little bit, and then just decide, all right, what we're going to do is we're just going to turn ourselves into the cops. And again, some, there is some comedic timing in this with the whole time with um, Greeny, uh, Green Bean, is what they call him? Greeny, Greenly. Yeah, Green Bean. Yeah, Green Bean, yeah, Bob get Marley. Get the
3: bagels and the coffee yeah, and all Yeah, that.
0: go get the bagels, yeah. go get the coffee. And then he'd be like, they're not just going to waltz right into the, you know, into the station and turn themselves in as they immediately do it. And, and there's a recurring gag to the entire thing of proving detective Greenlee wrong at everything that he guesses. But they walk in, they just, you know, uh, they talk to him. William Defoe has a conversation with the guys, determines that they were acting in self-defense after a bar fight, and lets them go. Not, you know, there isn't enough trouble for that. Well, then the boys have a <clears throat> come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> That's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, they have a come-to-Jesus moment where they realize that they're blessed, and they should take down these people that are treating others so badly, you know, the murderers and rapists and everything else, so they become vigilantes. Uh, as you do. As Yeah, as it happens on Thursdays. Because As we have, yeah, yeah, is Thursday. So they. Who hasn't done this? It, exactly, it's like a rite of passage in growing up. So they go into uh, find a, a, the Irish arms dealer. They load up on weapons and then go after the Russian mafia.
3: Yeah. By the way, what's the deal with them giving him? You know, them giving him maybe maybe five thousand dollars worth of stuff and them taking like thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment.
0: Well this is mean? 1999 gun
3: dollars. Yeah. See. Oh. You're thinking okay. you're what?
0: thinking 2019 gun dollars.
3: And then the second movie he just straight up gives it to him. I'm like this is the 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 fucking worst arms dealer I've ever seen.
1: Uh, he's on old west standards. Stuff just costs money. You no. Know, <laughs> throw a couple <laughs> coins on the bar, get you a horse, a gun, a woman for the night, a hot
3: bath. How much does that cost me? Money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many money?
0: <laughs> two. <laughs> I,
2: I think I have two money.
0: I just happen <laughs> to have two money right here. <laughs> well, then you got yourself a gun. Yeah, you just that, bought Pennsylvania.
3: That guy, that guy's the the, the worst fixer I've ever seen. Like, the only arms dealer that goes broke.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so then they uh they. Load up, go after the go after the Russian mob, mobsters, fall through the ceiling, and in a comedic moment, by dangling from their ankles, shoot down the all the top level mobsters, and then execute the Russian, the main Russian guy,
3: in an upside down spinning wheel of death.
0: Right. Yeah, it's cool though. It was it was cool. You have to admit it was cool, Pat.
3: Oh no, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just...
0: I mean, because that that is a total. Uh, that's a Shadowrun thing yeah, to Yeah, that's ex- I mean, that it's exactly a Shadowrun thing. So... I And they, they got a- the rope. Yeah. Charlie Bronson. Rope must weigh like 30 pounds.
3: <laughs>
0: so they wind up killing the Russian mob. Then I think they that gets investigated. Then they go after the Italian mob. And little by little, they wind up killing 33 members of the mafias that are all trying to take over Boston. Because after what was the statement after the wall came down or like the Russians came over and the Irish went over there or the Italians went over there and the Russians are over here and nobody trusts anybody. And there's always this like toe in the line for a mob war going on all the time. Yes. Yeah. Remember that correctly. All right. So now the mafia notices and they're getting all riled up about it and they bring El Duce out of retirement. El Duce. El Duce. <laughs>
3: I was wondering how long before somebody said. How that. long we, we were going to let it slide?
0: How <laughs> long? Let him go. How long did I. Oh, yeah. Deuce is spelled differently, isn't it? Yes. No, 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 Oh. So.
3: Il, Il Duce means the Duke in Italian.
0: Okay. They, they bring the Duke out of retirement. And retirement means he was in prison for 25 years. And... That'll up your way. For
3: absolutely no reason they bring him out of retirement, other than the fact that he is their dad for the plot. There's no reason for them to bring him out.
0: Well, I mean, they're worried. I mean, he's he was like their last.
3: But I'm just saying like in the movie, 15 minutes later they've captured them in the basement. So it's like, okay, so you just unleash this killer for no reason. Oh, we have a reason. He's related to them. Whatever.
0: I did think that was kind of weird that it, all it took was them hearing the uh, the prayer. I wish well, I could. Well,
3: they didn't. They didn't. They made it. They they made a point earlier saying that they don't teach it. To, you know, it's a family thing. Yeah. So I can. That's not one of my nitpicks. Okay. You'll let them have that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: You got that. So after they wind up killing Rocco, gets killed by the uh, the mafia, El Duce discovers that these two uh, super violent Irishmen are actually his kids. They run off together and then plot their revenge to come back and kill the lead, the headman of the Italian Mafia in Boston while he's in court. Yeah, bold move. Yeah. Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> See how that works out for him. The entire thing and everything in this movie is over the top. I mean, the the whole fact that they bust into the uh, Courtroom and are able to get the guy in place, say their prayer, and do everything that they had to do without,
3: without anyone any, stopping him
0: right. No one shows up. You know there's apparently only one bailiff in the entire building. So Bull
2: well, was on you know leave that week.
3: There's absolutely no extra security for the Mafia Don, right? Because who's the two bailiffs up in the balcony for some reason?
2: Well, but the church was protecting him at that point, so I'm sure they rigged something.
3: Don't make excuses for a lazy plot.
1: Well, I mean, they explicitly sort of suggest that by the second movie.
2: Yeah, see?
3: you shut up, Josh. I'm <laughs> just saying.
2: So by the time they wrote the second movie, they tried to fix that mistake. Pat.
1: And that could very well be that that was a plot hole that people had pointed out in the intervening years.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think that, that a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, they're he's trying to build on a world that he didn't intentionally create. I think, to be honest,
3: it's like, it's George Lucas all over again.
2: Because there's so many things that's going on that. When you see the second one, you're like, wait, if this is what's been happening the whole time, then how did they end up getting involved or creating it? Or if they created it, then now is it this big multinational, whatever, worldwide organization because of their little fun accident at the bar? You know, it's like, I don't know. It's how you grow a a story.
0: But... We just fall into that it's a sign from God that we weren't killed in that we should take this and run with it.
3: So yeah, where were we in the plot
0: though? Uh they were shooting the, the boss. I the mean, end. yeah, that's pretty much the end. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right then. And scene.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's over the top, it's ridiculous. It's like Pat hates super cool for the sake of being super cool written by a guy who used to be a bartender. And
3: don't hold that against him,
0: but not in the Bruce Willis kind of way. What? What does that mean?
2: Well, Bruce Willis used to be a bartender. Now he's like Bruce Willis. Then Troy Duffy is still Troy Duffy.
0: Ah, yeah.
2: Joel makes a point. He needed his own moonlighting. That's the problem.
0: I was Joel gonna, ruins this point. Oh. I, I was going to say something, Joel, and I totally... You blanked me out, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You can
2: say something else. Okay,
0: I'll say this. I say this movie, like I said before, it is not a good movie. It is not a well-written movie. It is not a well-shot movie. The music is terrible, Josh. I mean, Joel, now <laughs> that you've pointed that out, and retrospectively, I realize that. But it's stupid popcorn eaten fun.
2: Yeah, it's it's totally late nineties level post Tarantino um, fun. I mean, with there's, there's
0: yeah, all the guns and none of the cops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know, you can't help, but uh, like the characters, you know, they're enjoyable uh, even with their kind of uh, foibles and felder. meandering accents. Right. Yeah. They're still, they're still fun there. And it, even though it, it lost a couple of things, it it didn't lose enough to not make it, you know, still something I would enjoy watching time to time.
0: Right, Patrick, do you have anything to add?
3: Uh, the the brothers were fun. That that's about it.
1: So, is your your main problem with this is basically Willem Dafoe.
3: I mean, that yeah, that that's my biggest complaint about it. You know, especially watching it this second time. Is every single time his character was on, I was just annoyed by him. I don't know, I, it, it just I don't know why. It just it felt like too much Willem Dafoe. Like that's I said, funny.
0: you bite your tongue. There is no such thing as too much Willem Dafoe. That's oh, like there's having, always
3: there's too much of anybody that knows. That's how to like having
0: scenery. you can't. It's like you can't have too much Nutella. You cannot have too much Willem Dafoe.
3: You can definitely oh. have too much Nutella.
0: I've had too much Nutella.
2: <laughs> that's funny, Pat. Uh, Willem Dafoe just sent me a message that he's had too much of you
1: <laughs> and too much Nutella. <laughs>
2: Which he said is a thing.
3: But he wants more Merry Christmas, baby. Oh, who doesn't? You
1: can never have too much Merry Christmas, baby. More, We're going to have Merry Christmas, baby, before the end of the show. Oh.
0: So. Good God. All right, <laughs> I just really am trying. Like, I'm, I'm hesitant to say anything to let to set off the baby. Um <laughs>
3: Right. Just, ima- just imagine, a Merry Christmas, baby, dressed up as Willem Dafoe, dressed up as a woman.
0: He's sleeping oh. right now, so
2: you're okay. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's nappy time. Nappy. Unless thing? Pat wakes him up because it's Pat, Pat's character too.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, it's, I'm good.
2: <laughs> it's a twofer on that one. <laughs> all right.
0: So uh, yeah, we've I uh, think we've milked this cow dry. Okay. Uh, so says the Christmas cow.
1: <laughs> no more new characters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're full up.
0: We're going to take a break. We'll be right back in a little bit. We're going to talk about Boondock Saints Two,
3: All Saints Day. The saintening.
2: Saint, even Saint here.
0: <laughs> Sainty Claus.
3: Electric Saint Alou.
0: This time it's Saint. in a world. <laughs> Say it, Saint So. Uh, <laughs> See? Oh, oh my God, that was so much better. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a little bit.
3: No, we won't.
0: All right, we are back. And we are going to talk about Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day, made in 2009. So yes. Starring, well I mean, again, the brothers McManus are living a quiet life in Ireland with their father. But then they learn that their beloved priest has been killed by mob forces. They go back to Boston to bring justice to those responsible and avenge the priest which that's incorrect because they were kind of framed for it.
1: And they had only sort of heard of the priest.
0: Yeah. Great. So
1: I, I kind of think whoever wrote that only sort of skimmed the movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait, what's this? Written by Troy Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> You like that? So this is that written by, uh, directed, written by Troy and Taylor Duffy, the Duffy Brothers. Not to be confused with the much talented, more talented Duffer
2: brothers.
3: Yes. Truth.
0: Uh, Who are known for Boondock Saints and Boondock Saints, too.
3: Or the more talented Duff Man. (laughs) Duff Man doesn't disagree.
0: (laughs) So, again, this is starring all the same people from the first movie, Mm -hmm. with some extras, Mm -hmm. such as Clifton Collins Jr. as Romeo. Uh, Julie Benz as Special Agent Eunice Bloom. You know, Greenlee, Duffy, and Dolly are all back. David De La Rocco shows up for a short time. And then we have Peter Fonda as The Roman. Daniel DeSanto as Crewcut. Gerald Parks as Doc. Uh, Matthew Lemche? Yeah, it yeah, sounds good. I'll go with that. As Noah. Robert Morrell as Louie. I call this down to Judd Nelson che- as. Yacovetta. Conchenzo, y- yeah. And Joel, I put this in here for you. Rob Wells as Jimmy the Gopher. Ah, yes. From that show that you watched that I do not.
2: Ricky, Trailer Park Boys.
0: Yes, and uh, Paul Johansson is Kunstler.
2: And I'm not sure that Peter Fonda wasn't asleep during this film.
0: <laughs> right? <I'm> not entirely <laughs> sure. It's like they but woke him I've- up. Peter, you're don't th- boss. Think
3: they, they just put a webcam on him at the senior center and they just green screened the rest behind him.
0: <laughs> this
2: is Easy Rider 3.
0: Oh, yeah? I got it, dude. I'm good. Uh, I'm on it. I'm on it. Why am I wearing these clothes? <laughs> All right. Where's my acid? Yeah. Despite <laughs> wow. its limited release, this movie made more money on its opening weekend than the entire box office run of the first Boondock Saints. But considering it was only released in five theaters for five days right after the the school shooting it can kind of make sense if you think about it in that frame of mind. Yeah. Uh, when the brothers meet Rocco at the bar in their dream, a black cat walks past Rocco on the counter. The cat is a reference to Rocco's girlfriend's cat, Skippy, who was accidentally shot in the first Boondock Saints film.
1: Which I, I thought was so awesome that they had the freaking cat.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the F word was only used 136 times in this movie, versus the 200 some times that it was done in the first one. And well, they couldn't afford any more than that. Yeah, they had they they had like a punch card. Yeah, their FPM budget was way down. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a uh, like a subway card. Every they fifth, were going for fifth one, they got one for free.
2: They were going for a PG-16 rating. <laughs> it's just dumb enough that you're laughing. (laughs) What's
0: was wrong with you? (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Special Agent Eunice Bloom was originally Eunice, Eunice, whatever. Uh, Tara Reid was slated to play her initially. Franken boobs.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I have never thought she was a great actress. Just in general.
3: Well, you were right.
0: Then you saw Julie Benz play this?
3: Well, Uh, she was fine. Comparing Uh, the two. Her accent was atrocious.
0: Well, at least she was keeping in theme with the movie. All the accents were atrocious. They came and they went. You know, they showed up. They got worse. They got better.
2: Oh, dude. I'm a mob boss. What year (laughs) is this, man? Where's
0: Dennis? (laughs) Jesus. All right, so plot of the movie. The brothers come back after the priest has been shot in their modus operandi with the pennies on the eyes. And they call in Special Agent Yves Bloom.
3: It was pretty funny that that scene when they were talking about how good the character sketch guys have gotten. They're like, why did we cut our hair? It seemed like a good idea at the time. I loved that. That (laughs) was pretty
0: funny. funny. (laughs) Can I just
2: say that the first time I saw this movie, I was excited, first of all, because I'm like, oh, cool, more Boondock Saints. The first time I saw the movie and it started, and Sean Patrick Flannery, after he shaved, I was like, did they replace the actor? (laughs) like, what happened to Sean Patrick? Oh, my God, what happened to his face? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny
1: because Sarah said the same
2: thing. I seriously, for like the first 30 minutes, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Until I finally got online and looked it up. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, he did not look like himself at all. It was it was unsettling. <laughs> it really was. He was hiding from the mob.
3: <laughs> apparently.
0: So, yeah. So, in this one, they introduced Romeo.
3: Yeah, they Ooh, needed but- a replacement for Rocco.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Who, he was fun. He he was. He was he was all in from the very beginning. You may know him from Ballers Westworld where he plays Elazo El and Veronica Mars. Oh Marsh. yeah.
2: Which again, he's kind of the gateway for the audience member because he's 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 excited to be a part of him. Uh you know, he he's introduced as being a bit more of a badass and ends up ends up being which I thought was kind of disappointing, because like when he's doing the the fighting, they're doing the fighting thing in the boat, you know, he's kind of a badass, and then all of a sudden he's like this doofus.
3: Well, the main thing that he was, that the guy said, that, you know, was talking about how fast he was. It wasn't necessarily that he was a badass; he was just really fast.
0: Yeah, he put all his points into dodge.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> definitely wasn't into one liners. No,
0: and that's the thing is he.
1: Looks like in any other environment, he would be the badass, but they're trying to almost ramp up how much of a badass you're supposed to see the boys as because this guy is this badass who you see and he meets his heroes.
0: So and that's and he almost kind of plays like the the us character again, because we know what the McManus brothers can do we and so does he so when he discovers who they are he has that same kind of like fanboy why somebody who's a fan of these kids watch the movie again because they know what's going to happen so he's that excited fanboy that all the viewers were in getting along and being with the mcmanus brothers this time
3: and there were several scenes that reminded me of of train spotting too as far as like it felt too much like they were relying on old footage or that they were relying on old, whatever, you know, here and there. And like one thing that I wanted to say about the first movie, and I forgot to mention this and they, and they did do a lot of flat, flat, uh, flashbacks to it. And they talked about it even in this movie was <laughs> they make a huge deal about how like the, the, you know, they kill the guy execution style and the bullets crossed in the brain and exited his eyes and everything. Like if you're going to make that big of a deal about every talking about that, you know, when they do the recreate, the, the recreation of that scene, Maybe you should have them stand and point their guns at an angle instead of like, you know, pointing straight at their 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 guns were parallel in the reenactment of shooting of executing the guy, and that bugged the shit out of me.
0: I like the things that bug you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna make such a big deal out of the whole, oh, the bullets crossed in the brain, blah blah blah, and you know, and then you show the reenactment, they should be holding the guns, you know. Like one person couldn't hold the guns because the guns would be parallel or what, you know, and then, and then you show them holding them like that, you know, no, that's dumb.
0: What did, what did you think about the short assassin?
3: Yeah, whatever. I mean, he's a short guy. Okay. It was funny
1: how people were calling him Napoleon and like, he seriously had a
3: Napoleon complex. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: The whole scene with him laying down on the ground next to the priest was really strange.
3: Yeah, yeah and hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was more strange than hilarious.
2: It was strange-hilarious.
3: I, I was laughing.
2: Is that a word?
0: It
3: is no. now. No. No.
0: No. Strange-hilarious? strange, nope. Sounds like the cousin you don't want to in- invite to your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to invite strange-hilarious? <laughs> No uh, You so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, no he's more shit. A,
3: He's that Greek exchange student, man. He's just a weirdo. We don't <laughs> No more characters. We're gonna bring in Strang- strange Strangel <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you guys? And then he's got his
0: brother <laughs> Queer Thomas. Strange queer Queer Thomas, man, this party is <laughs> fucked.
2: Speaking of, of Queer Thomas, there was a lot of like gay jokes. A, a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. There was a lot of like, ah, that's okay. You're so gay. And it's like, whoa, what is going on? Troy apparently has got his own agenda.
3: I don't know.
0: It was weird. It felt weird. Does anybody actually refer to John Wayne as Duke Wayne?
3: No. Nobody does.
2: Speaking of weird sequences and, and things, what about that whole scene with Rocco talking about just going off on this tangent it was like troy was like writing out his manifesto or something yeah that was that, really weird
1: that
3: yeah, ended that up the, on the, the hockey main rink? point when, when i felt like it was a, it was like tra- uh, train spotting two like he was trying to have his train spotting two moment
0: but what moment yeah <laughs> there was nothing in that from train spotting two that i went oh wow this is just like it
3: no remember that the, when, when um they did the the rehash of the choose life, you know.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
3: And it felt like, I mean, that's almost that's what it felt like. He was trying to create another like little monologue moment, you know. It just eh.
2: it almost felt like he was trying to uh, make some sort of a statement that you know men weren't men anymore, and uh, you know it's okay to be this, that, and the other thing. I don't know. I just. It felt out of place and like a waste of bringing Rocco back. You know, if you're going to have Rocco back in a weird dream type sequence or a flashback or something, make it something interesting.
1: Maybe don't make it the toxic masculinity manifesto. That's hard to say.
0: (laughs) I think the whole Rocco scene should have ended at the bar.
3: Yeah, I agree with it.
0: You know, they do the shot, they do the drink, they stack the cups, move on.
3: And then they realize, you know, oh, you know, just a little hallucination memory, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Bad dream something or other. Yeah.
2: Well, it's like that first opening sequence and Rocco's walking across the street. and It's like, wait, what just am I watching the first movie again? And it's just kind of random. I don't know. It was weird.
0: It would have been nice to have some. I mean, I like the idea of them being haunted by Rocco's death. You know, that was kind of, that is a a good plot line. You know, they had these nightmares because Rocco got shot in front of them and it was their fault. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Suddenly being on the ice together with uh Greenbean, little <laughs> weird.
2: <laughs> right.
0: I <laughs> got kind of uh, got, got kind of strange. It's like Troy was trying to prove that he wasn't gay. Well, I think it was or something. I think it was Troy Duffy trying to, like, like Josh said, did you say this, Josh? The, the, the train spotting moment? We're trying to get me. that. No, that, was, that Pat. was Pat. Pat makes a point. Um, he, he tried to get artsy with it. And just, and it just didn't work. It did not work. So Josh, you had some information. Apparently, you know, Mr. Duffy well. Well, no, I, when we get to the ending of this. This
1: is something I just recently learned because of this show is uh, it looks like they're they're set up for a sequel. and I was like, oh, cool. There's going to be a sequel. And then I looked into apparently uh, neither like very suddenly uh, Norman Reedus, like both of the stars were just like, uh, we're never going to do this. We love this, but we cannot support the unethical. Behavior. Like they were really like cagey about exactly what it was, but you put two and two together and it's very clear. They're talking about Troy. So did you look into what, what happened at all or. Oh, there was an interview uh, with Sean Patrick Flannery. And uh, when he was asked point blank, what's going on with uh, Boondock Saints three, he kind of sighed and said, I feel like the parents trying to explain to the kids why mom and dad aren't going to be together anymore.
0: Oh, geez. Ouch. Ouch. That's rough. Yeah. So,
2: you know, what Troy should do is if, if he, if he's done this much damage that he can't come back from it is hook up with a good, um, comic book artist and turn it into a series of graphic novels or something.
3: What so? What did what happened? Do we know?
1: Well, I mean, if you uh, the documentary Joel was talking about basically uh, paints him as this insane egotist asshole who treats everybody like shit because he's convinced of his own genius. Yeah, and it doesn't help that he burns the world down by offending uh, the William Morris Agency.
2: He, he essentially blames everybody else for his problems.
1: And what's the weird wrinkle is the other person he got on the wrong side of that's been in the news lately, Harvey Weinstein.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe they got along for reasons.
1: Well, they didn't. That, that was the thing. So it, it, I don't think it's that makes it, Troy a, a good guy. It's just like a, a bad guy got on the wrong
0: side of a worse guy. How yeah, big of he, an asshole do you have to beat it for Harvey Weinstein to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he
2: he believed his own hype before there was hype. And when he yeah. got the hype that he believed he deserved, he it made him an even bigger, you know, megalomaniacal, egotistical ass face, essentially. It, it really is kind of an interesting documentary to watch, especially in light of the fact that it was, you know, six years before this came out and, you know, how many years before it officially was like, this is dead. It's never going to happen. Um, you know, which is a little unfortunate because I would have liked to see where he was going to take it. But at the same time, he left us with two decent movies that are fun, popcorn watches that have interesting characters that have a life of their own. So, I mean,
3: agree to disagree.
2: At some point you got to call it a day in, in the right hands. They, it could have been something, pretty pretty cool it's just it's kind of it's kind of sloppy
0: it it seemed like in this one they wanted to do the wink and a nod to what we were before yeah we were over the top before yeah we kind of know it now where they're going over what happened with the shootout and suddenly uh julie benz is dressed in western outfit
3: yeah that made no sense at all
0: yeah okay that made no sense and who carries what agent of any sort of law enforcement agency carries her gun like that
2: and why is it never
0: explained or used what the gun in front of her
2: yeah she she carries it that way the entire time but she never uses it except in that scene and she never it's never questioned like why does she carry her gun like that
3: and why does everybody have to crack their necks all the time
2: because it's cool
3: exactly it's, they've
0: I've, all got some sort of osteoarthritis? but the
3: biggest oh, question I, I have is I wish I could movie.
0: crack my neck it hurts so bad
3: The biggest question I have in this entire movie is what kind of a monster gets a massage with their shoes and socks on?
0: (laughs) (laughs) One that may have to run quickly?
3: That bugged me so much.
0: Something that that I caught on
2: this second round, because I've only seen this one one other time before. Um, If you're going to do what they did in the first one where... You know, they show right before the scene happens and then they talk about it and then they go back and show what actually happened. It, either do it again and do it in a way that works or figure out a different way to do those scenes. So you're but not they did try to do yourself. it
3: with the, what they tried to show the this is our plan and they showed it going off flawlessly and then they showed everything fucking up in real real time. But I don't think it worked as well as, like I said before, in the first half of the show. I uh, don't think it worked as well as it did doing it the other way.
0: No, I think I think in this one they were trying so hard to do, the, like I said, the wink and the nod to, yeah, we know what we're doing. We we know how this goes type of thing. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm not even sure yeah. if I'm saying that right. Yeah, I mean, because this is how this game, this is how this movie is going to go. You know, wink and a nod. Um, that
3: he's, he's just not a... Subtle. subtle. He's not a subtle enough director to to pull that off successfully.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he whereas other directors may have been able to pull this off and had the oh they they kind of are doing the like I'd say winking and a nod one more time, but he his <laughs> his direction was more as the whole scene stops, everybody, I mean it's almost like a naked gun. They all look outside, look at the viewer and everybody winks and nods at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, because he's not able to finesse that into the into the movie itself. Just I
1: when they did the first one where it was so over the top, it was almost like the Beastie Boys sabotage video. I was rolling. That one got me. Where they've all got the cigarettes in their uh, thumbs upping, and they got these badass guns, and it's obviously too over the top. This is not going to work this way.
0: Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, that bit worked for me. Yeah, that I love that the whole the whole opening scene, and then flipping it, and the, him discovering that he really doesn't know how to drive a lift as well as he thought he did. And they have their plan hinging on him. Pistol
1: whipping someone, and then they give him a derringer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and and that scene when the
3: guy's like, "Why did you just ask me to leave?"
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think Mike hit the nail on the head. The right, the right word to explain Troy Duffy's direction is finesse. He just doesn't have the finesse to do what he was trying to do. Yeah, in in the right. That's fair.
3: The right. Probably a guy that has a, a good eye for what looks good, but he doesn't know how to translate it into his films.
2: If you had the right director and you had somebody to, to actually clean up the script and tighten it up and put the right music behind it.
3: Like if this was he, a guy, Ritchie movie, I bet you I would like it a lot more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Get him to come in there, help clean up the script, figure out the and, timing and get the and right get, music. Too.
3: And get all the actors to like control themselves
2: it, it, yeah, it could have been because uh, that character, the bartender specifically, is is right out of a Guy Ritchie movie. I mean, I could see that same character in in one of his films. You mean Doc? Yeah, the the uh, the fuck.
3: Okay. Ass. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's another thing. Another scene that I really enjoyed was when they got back home and went to Doc, and they had that whole that whole uh segue of them up in the upper room.
3: That and was just co- drinking and reminiscing and everything yeah. and catching up. All yeah, that. yeah that, was
0: cool was, that was fun.
3: Even even for somebody that doesn't have any nostalgia for the first movie, that was a cool scene.
0: Yeah, because then you, you get this connection. I mean, that was one of it, one of the moments of this one. Because I like the first one. I'll watch it again when I want my popcorn movie when I'm in the same mood for that goofy over-the-top crap. But the second one, I will not watch this again.
1: Uh, I, I think I enjoyed this a lot more than you guys did. Like, I don't like it more than the first one, but I did enjoy it. I, I do think it was weird that they uh, were playing fast and loose with uh, the old man character, the Roman. And they're like, we're not going to show his face. We're not going to show his face. And they show his face. I was like, oh, it's just Peter Fonda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's no reason to be scared. It's Peter the, Fonda.
3: I like as as soon as they show like the boot with the crutch on it, I'm like, oh well, then who gives a fuck who it is? We know who the character is now. We, you know who gives the, you know. I'm, I'm all like, I don't give a shit about his face now. I know it's the brother. Like whatever. You know, okay. What, so gonna-
1: they were obviously like uh, saying, okay, if we're we're not going to show you who the actor is because it's going to be somebody you know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, yeah, I know who that is. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good enough actor, but.
0: Yeah. It's good to see Peter's getting some roles. Uh, good for him. I I was not, I was expecting a big exposure on that one, too.
3: I mean, as many lines as he had, it could have been Patrick Swayze. Yeah. It could have been anybody. Could have oh. been Troy Duffy again. It would have been cool if it was Patrick Swayze. He wasn't old enough. I'm and just saying it didn't really I mean, the amount of lines he had, it didn't really matter, you know, cast whoever the hell you want.
2: And Sean, Billy,
3: Sean Connery, Mel Gibson, whatever, it doesn't matter. He had four lines.
2: Billy yeah. Connolly's death scene was a little a little rough. But then they get to the, the scene with the big reveal that uh Defoe isn't dead.
3: What the fuck was the point of that? Why well, even why even say that he's dead? Just just retire. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they were trying to establish the fact that they were part of this larger organization funded by the church to take down evil and that they have this whole, you know, worldwide organization. And these guys are just like a part of it. And or like they're the the whole organization. I don't know
3: what I'm just saying. If Bloom is part of it, too, why why do you have to lie to her that he's dead? She can still go to the funeral and pretend he's dead. Like, if she's a partner, there's no reason to, you know... It's just something that was, again, written into the movie to make us be like, at the, at the end, oh, big twist, he's not really dead. Who fucking cares? Oh,
2: or the scene in the prison where they're, like, they're, you know, they're they're, they're going to be okay or something. I don't know what the line is at the end. And, you know, they do the little shooty hands out the window at the different factions, gang factions within the prison.
3: Yeah, all and waiting it, for him. yeah.
2: Yeah, it just kind of left this door open that is never going to be closed now, <laughs> but you know, it just has more questions than answers. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. And I agree I, with Josh. I mean, I, I, it's something I will probably watch again. I, I own them both. Um, and like i said, I like the characters are like kind of some of the world that was built, but there's a lot of problems with it.
1: And I'm probably less likely to watch it again, only because I know that there isn't going to be a follow-up. Like I hate uh, this definitely felt like it was supposed to be a bridge to something else. And now I know that something else is never going to happen.
0: Yeah. You, you kind of left, we're left at the end of this one expecting. I want to see the big prison breakout. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean like, all right, they're trapped in prison. There's that whole, you're not trapped. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. And there's this all this going on. And I want to see these two break out. And you're right. It's depressing because I'm like, it would be a ridiculously cool scene if you could get someone other than Troy to work on it. And you would hope.
3: Oh, it would f- it would still be cool if he worked on it. It just may not be good.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. is like you, you would hope maybe on the third one they'd go, you know what? We got this one. Why don't you just sit this one out? We'll take you'll care get, of you. You'll get the royalty checks. Yeah, we'll we'll write you in. Or you know they we
2: find out El Duce isn't dead and he's the one that gets him out. I don't know. The no. church organization can bring people back from the dead, and uh, who knows? Yeah.
3: No one ever dies except the bad guys.
2: And we'll and we'll never we'll never find out. We're left on a cliffhanger, so to speak.
3: Yeah, and that that bums me out
0: because this, yeah. It's. I think the reason you're bummed out is because it's cool characters handled by a thumbless act, thumbless director. They have no annoyance. They have they have this really cool idea, but they're not capable of bringing it to what it should be.
3: There's no subtlety. There's no nuance. There's no you know. There, there <laughs> there's no, I mean even though they're kind of charismatic, you, there's no characters in the movie that you that you really care about other than the two of them.
1: Well, and the whole third act is a setup for something that's never going to happen, and I'd rather not have that setup mm-hmm. if it's never going to be paid off.
0: Right. I don't. I don't like. I don't like movies that cater to the sequel.
2: Yeah, the sequel
0: should. The sequel should. Yeah, it should be. I mean, unless, unless of course you're George unless it's movies. like a
3: Lord of the Rings uh, movie.
0: Exactly. Right you know, then you've got a sequel coming. In this one, it's like, you know, you set yourself up with a sequel, but it doesn't do good enough to have that sequel. I mean, there's a lot of movies that do that, where they kind of give you that end-of-the-credits teaser or the end-of-the-credits, you know, where you've like, got...
3: Like Flash Gordon. Oh,
0: shit, oh, stop man. It. You saved I want, every one of us. I want a Flash Gordon 2, and I want a Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Damn it. <laughs> They promised I, me that.
2: Why am I imagining Troy Duffy as a a, 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 a a chimpanzee with a hammer trying to put together Ikea furniture? Kind of how I picture him writing a script and directing. But um, I, I, Can anybody explain to me the sheer cult phenomenon, though? Because I see people with tattoos. I see people with, you know, there's tons of fan art everywhere. And uh, I get it. They're fun movies. I like them, but I don't quite get the level of cult following that they have.
1: I do. The thing is, is like, I am Irish American and even I'm um, embarrassed by how many people, despite their closest connection to Ireland being like they're a quarter Irish seven generations back. That's like how they define themselves. So this being a character piece with it doesn't matter that they don't sound like people from Ireland their characters are supposed to be Irish so that whole like american plastic patty mentality like every one of them is going to love them plus you've got the whole boston thing so you've got basically that entire city
3: i was just about to say yeah don't don't forget about the the boston love for the irish yeah
1: well and this is explicitly a movie where boston is the star instead of new york or chicago or la and there aren't very many of those. Like the town. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you've, you've got those two things and a, a fiercely passionate group of people who like those two things. So it does not surprise me that uh, this movie set in as hard as it did. And it's not just people who live in Boston or who are Irish that love it, but I, I think that the frenzy by those two groups is going to explain some of the cult classic aspect of it.
0: Well, and it's not a it's not a genre that's visited often. You know, you don't have a lot of the Irish Catholic action hero thing out there often. <laughs> so when okay. when something like this pops up, everybody jumps in on it. You know, anybody who can have any sort of connection to it. Loves it. All right, that that
2: explains it. <laughs> I just always was curious, and uh, I figured this would be the time. It's, to
3: it's similar to Scarface in that, you know, there's a lot of unjust love for it. In my yeah, opinion,
2: that's another one I've never gotten. I, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a fine movie, but Ugh, no, most of the stuff that people are excited about. It, it doesn't happen until the last 10 minutes, and the rest of it's kind of, eh.
0: That's on my need-to-see list. <laughs>
2: it, you know, that's all right.
0: And I hate to, I hate to say that all the time with these
1: movies. <laughs> <laughs> see,
2: like, yeah, I,
1: and that's the thing. Mike hasn't seen it, and you guys think it's overrated. I think it's overrated, but I also think it's very good.
2: It's a good movie. I mean, so is Serpico, or Doctor Afternoon, but they don't have quite the same fanaticism that this does where it's uh, Scarface, where it's, you know, it's, it's posters that people have on their walls and, you know, tattoos and all that stuff. Again, it's and just,
0: lamps.
1: And it's, I, it's much more quotable than Serpico or to be honest, most of Pacino's career aside from maybe Scent of a Woman.
3: Who uh, I, I, I prefer Carlito's way.
1: I do too, but I understand because of the quotability and just the general aesthetic why uh, Scarface is got the bigger cult following. I, I totally agree with you that Carlito's Way is at least as good, if not a better movie.
0: But now we're going off on a tangent. I was going to say, I would not expect this to be where we wound up at. <laughs> I mean, they're both violent cult classic movies that
1: uh, the topic was, like, why are they this way?
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not too far off the rails. Nah, you're, not, you're actually you're just going to cross the street. But yeah, I mean, thumbs up, thumbs down.
3: Are we there? I think so. I think we are. I don't think I need to give mine... <laughs>
0: I think you do. Patrick loves them both. For both. What's that? You loved them?
3: Thumbs down for both. They both stink on ice.
2: I didn't realize Pat would love them both. That's crazy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel? I'm, like I said, I own them. I've seen them both more than once. And I still give them a thumbs up, even though I saw them a lot differently this time around. But I still enjoyed them. And I would enjoy them
0: again.
1: Got it, Josh. I'm a pretty solid thumbs up on both.
0: Yeah, I'm a thumb. I'm a thumbs up on the first one. 90 degree thumbs up on the second one. I just think the first one has is just more fun. So there you go. What are we doing next week?
2: Ah, what's the deal with Seinfeld and comedians and cars getting coffee?
0: Oh God! If Joel's going
1: to do that all next show, I'm not showing up.
0: Giddy up! Oh my God! So yeah, so
3: I don't think any of us are showing up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll just be Joel. Yeah, just be Joel on the call with me not recording. So <laughs> <laughs> Joel
1: in cars getting coffee.
0: Oh, which should be I'd interesting like because I think you three have seen every Seinfeld episode out there.
3: Mm-hmm. And, One a the month. And yes.
0: I have seen, like I said, maybe 10. I've not seen a lot of Seinfeld. And I have not seen Comedians and Cars at all.
3: I've seen all of those as well. I think Joel has seen those too.
0: Yeah, I've seen them all.
2: I think I've watched the entire run twice Uh, over now. I've
3: seen
1: probably about half of them. I'm not as big a Seinfeld fan as you two, but... Uh, Right, if you want to tell us uh, about your favorite episode of Seinfeld, although... I don't think you can before it comes out. So tell us what you think about Boondock Saints, or if uh, you have any news for us about a uh, classic forty going on fourteen character that we missed in our supercut during this weekend, <laughs> let us know. Give us okay. a call at seven zero eight now wrap. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven.
0: Yep. And uh, if you want to hear our older catalog, you can go to uh, iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon dot com. I Heart Radio and Pod Chaser.
2: Pod Chaser.
0: I always say it like that in my head.
2: Chasing the pods. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. But if again, like Josh said, if you uh, if you have an idea for a show, if you think you know that you know there's something we should cover or something that we miss, give us a call, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next week.
3: Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Oh, look at you.
2: I can math sometimes. Can you, though? Can we- no.
3: Quick. What's <laughs> 30 times 17?
2: Nine. Err.
3: <laughs> oh, you were way off.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know the answer
3: 510. Is he right? I <laughs> know. <laughs>
0: I don't, I don't know enough about math to be sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think he is. It doesn't sound right, but I don't know, I don't know enough about math to say no.